Hello and welcome to Instructor 101 for outdoor instructors that want to make an even bigger impact on those that they work with. Today is a bit of a different video. So this is the first time doing a remote interview. So first of all, a huge thank you to Joel Self, who's an outdoor instructor, who has shared some of his experience and his knowledge. We'll be touching on things like qualifications, how we both got into the outdoor industry, uh, encouraging other people to get into climbing, and we'll be touching on the highly contested subject for outdoor instructors of what is better, paddling or climbing? So, hi everyone and welcome. So this is a bit of a, a new one for me today. So, uh, I'm having an interview with uh, Joel Self, a freelance outdoor instructor based over in Wiltshire. Um, and yeah, it's very kindly uh, offered to be the first person to try out doing this remote uh, interview experience. So we'll see how it goes, like fingers crossed, it'll all work yeah. out. But the main thing is hopefully we'll be able to learn a few bits from each other and hopefully with you, the audience as well. So Joel, do you wanna start things off just by introducing yourself, telling people a bit about you and where they can find you first of all? Sure, well, uh, yeah, like Niles just said there, um, I'm Joel, I'm an outdoor activity instructor I work down in the southwest of England um, and I'm really active on all the different social media. So YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those different places. So you can find me there. Um, but yeah, I basically work both freelance um, for various different companies and then run my own stuff too. Nice one. And yeah, and what we'll do is we'll make sure we leave links to all the social medias and, and Joel's website as well in the description as well. Uh, description below uh, and if I can be fancy enough and work out how to edit it later I'll make sure it pops up along the bottom of the screen somewhere as well fingers crossed we can make that happen um, but Joel obviously you've got um, like I've kind of been aware of, of you on, on social media like one of the few uh, outdoor instructors that have kind of been just like promoting themselves on social media for, for a few years uh, now possibly a bit longer actually uh, before I, I started uh, kind of getting in touch with you um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to pick up on, on how you got into the outdoor industry yourself. Yeah, well, um, I took an interesting route to getting involved in the outdoors. Um, I initially tried to go and take part in a college course uh, to study outdoor education. But after a month of being involved with that, the course got scrapped, um, which wasn't very helpful to the college. So after a while, dossing around and uh, not being able to study it, um, I actually went ahead and did a trainee year. Um, at a place called the Pioneer Centre, which is run by ACUK. It's a, a training centre in the West Midlands and spent a year there getting involved both uh, within house training and qualifications as well as some national stuff too. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, so in, initially your initial choice would have been to go through, um, let's say it was college. Yeah, well, it was just down the road, so it would have been nice and convenient. Um, unfortunately, just super undersubscribed. Oh, mate, gutted, gutted. Because, yeah, like, there's loads of, um, there's obviously different ways, uh, routes into the industry. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm just really curious, like, to, like, how how they all work. Like, obviously, I'm no expert. So, for myself, like, I ended up joining uh, Outdoor Centre straight away. Uh, so, I didn't necessarily have any training, uh, formal training, so to speak, for entering the industry. Ended up going into, uh, I did, like, maybe a little bit of, personal climbing I started learning how to climb like a bit before but I was mainly interested in like working with kids and I come from like a lot of customer service background um and 
yeah, and then it was super fortunate to find a company that would offer a lot of training. And you know, like one of the big reasons for me was like being able to move out of home as well. <laughs> like, I make no secret about that. That was a huge win for me because I didn't go to university or anything like that. Um, but yeah, like if you could like, uh, I don't know, if you were to like revisit, if you could revisit your your own experience, like would you change anything about how you approach your entry into the outdoor world, or would you have like any advice for, for others thinking about doing it? Well, sorry, loads um, of questions at you there. I got really excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, the going through that trainee scheme was brilliant. Gave me some excellent um, experience with uh, real life clients, as well as lots of training in, in a real variety of activities, uh, including some stuff I wouldn't have ever thought to go and get qualified in. So running things like high ropes, for example, was an extension of like the climbing I'd already done, but not something that I really would have ever considered instructing otherwise. Um, yeah. So yeah, just opened up a lot of opportunities and different experiences. So I don't know that I'd change it as such, um, but there's definitely some qualifications I wish I'd pursued earlier, um, some logging towards things to get prerequisites that I wish I'd uh, begun a bit sooner than I did. <laughs> I can um, relate to the logging of things so much. I'm sure so many people can. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I'd been logging all my climbs, you know, for forever, I'd have been, uh, yeah, British mountain guide by now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know about you, if you had to do the whole, um, like, prepping for, for qualifications and stuff, you know, when they ask you to prepare a logbook, uh, like, if yeah. you had to do like, days, like, just going, oh, I've got to transfer everything across now, like, <laughs> have you had to go through that as well? Yeah, I think I'm about two years behind on my uh, on my mountain training D-log. So at some point, I'm going to have to have a real massive marathon session of logging. Uh, so hopefully I'll transfer some UKC stuff across, but it's still going to be loads of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Um, uh, so what are the... What were the qualifications then? Because you were talking about things that you wish you probably got a bit sooner. Um, is there anything that, that stands out for you, your, your experience there? Well, um, I'm, I'm still chipping away at the mountain leader. Um, I was hoping to get the assessment done um, this summer, but it's not looking that favourable at the minute, given uh, the little uh, C word that we've got going on at the moment. Yeah, the lockdown happening. So it's holding quite a lot of plans, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately so. Um, but yeah, that was a qualification. That I When I started my trainee year, I actually was asked, you know, what qualifications would you like to get out of your time in the traineeship? And that was one of the things I wanted to work towards. And through that whole year, I didn't really do anything that would benefit the ML. Um, and so that was a bit of a shame, I think. And really, it's something I wish I'd got, you know, a couple of years ago instead of still being working at it now. Um, it's just something I've not been able to sort of chase as quickly as I'd like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the, the ML was one... Uh, so the, the mountain leader was one which I, I put on this pedestal for a long time. Um, it kind of seemed like this one, this thing, this qualification which almost seemed out of reach. Um, like when I first started uh, doing outdoor restricting, like I I grew up in Leicester, so over Leicester it's just pretty much it's flat. There's some there are some like small hills, but like nothing in comparison so when I first started off as an outdoor instructor I moved to Northumberland and obviously there's obviously much bigger hills and hills up, up over in that direction 
And I remember first going there and thinking, these are all mountains. Like, I'd never seen anything like it before, really, at that point. So, yeah, it blew my mind. And then um, then the idea of being able to lead people like, in that sort of environment and having little to no experience at that point just seemed like a, a, a huge a huge deal at, at the time. Um, obviously, ties have, have moved on after a few years later, like, managed to, to get that, that qualification myself. And, yeah, it's probably, like, for me, it's probably, like, one of the like, uh, biggest achievements, I think. I know for, for some, it's probably, like, a, a smaller thing. But I remember, for me, like, I've built up a lot in my head. Um, and, yeah, it's just a, a really cool thing. So like, I'm, I'm sure it will happen. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 quite it's a bit of an investment in time isn't it so yeah definitely isn't it yeah yeah i like you i didn't necessarily live somewhere right out in the middle of the mountains so getting uh that time to go and do the training and be out there is it yeah takes a, a chunk out of the schedule that isn't easily afforded sometimes yeah so um joel do you want to talk us through some of the uh, other experiences and because obviously you've got um you mentioned about the, the mountain leader and that's something that you're working towards but are there any other things that you you've done so far that you'd say would be like achievements or like qualifications um that you've managed to to acquire so far in your career yeah well um i i go really in on all the rope work stuff i'm such a a, a not nerd and i love anything to do with ropes and being up in the air so I've done various rope access qualifications, sort of IRATA stuff, which is industrial rope access. Um, but now since translated that across towards route setting. So I've been uh, through the RSA level two, which is the route setting association uh, qualification for rope setters. So done that and that has provided a fair bit of work. It's really good fun as well. Um, so love that. Um, and I obviously work as a climbing instructor almost every day of my uh, my working life at the minute, uh, both managing a local wall and also taking people out cragging um, on the weekends too. So very, very busy, but mainly rope work stuff. So SPA, CWA, um, the Abcell module for CWA, things of that nature were kind of the first qualifications I looked to get and they're the ones I use every single day now. Yeah, man. Oh, that's that sounds great. Like you said, you help manage a climbing wall as well? Yeah, so the local council had a wall they put in in a leisure centre about five years ago now. Um, unfortunately, it was struggling to uh, to make ends meet and was actually making some some losses, which they're, they're quite public about, so I'm sure they won't mind me sort of saying it here. But um, yeah, they, they made the decision that, you know, they were going to need someone to take it on who maybe, you know, was able to advertise it a bit better than they could being a council. Um, so, yeah. I've taken it on beginning of this year and it's going quite well up until uh, obviously the current lockdown situation. Um, but yeah, we've got a big group of climbers. We see about 260 people a month um, coming through the wall, some of which have been coming again and again and some folk who are just starting out. And so really nice to see people at all different stages of their journey in climbing. It's really cool. That is really cool. Oh, nice one. It seems like you have like a, a huge impact on that. That community as well been a big part of that so yeah that sounds amazing really really cool so like you, you said you're like a a self-confessed not nerd uh, <laughs> i love that 100 i'm actually surrounded by by climbing rope at the minute 
um, it's just always there. So I'd say I, I love the setup that you've got behind you. Uh, I am quite jealous. Like, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I, I kind of wanted to ask, like, so have you always had an interest in uh, rope stuff or, or climbing stuff? Like, like you said, like, this is, I took a it tried to, to prep for this kind of this interview type thing. I, I went onto your website, the Fear About page, um, just to try to uh, so I, just so I don't sound too much of a stalker. <laughs> so like it said like obviously like your master into flying. What I really liked is that it said one of your your biggest achievements was uh, Groove Direct on which is a, a V diff multi pitch on Trivan or Trivand yeah. how you how you how people want to pronounce it at the time <laughs> i'm not getting into that um but um but obviously there's other routes and stuff that you've done as well so and some of those being was it e5 6a's and and yeah. sport routes 7b's and including some some first ascents as well um what obviously like by the sense of like a, a very strong climber certainly a lot stronger than myself um but some though which you know, maybe one day I'll get to that myself. But um, but what I really like is the fact that the you pointed out that your the achievement or one of your biggest achievements was that V dip, which uh, for those of you that don't climb is obviously not nowhere near as hard or as technically taxing as mm. some of the other routes that we, we spoke about. Then yeah, I just kind of want to talk about what made you choose that. Yeah, well, I think. Just to clarify, I'm not climbing super hard at the minute. Um, okay. My <laughs> not... climbing is somewhat behind me now, unfortunately, it seems. Um, but no, Groove Direct is just one of those routes that the first time I climbed it, it was a, a real adventure. Um, got a little bit lost, which is hard on such a well-travelled route. Um, but no, <laughs> it's just a great day out. It's a really lovely climb with beautiful views. And sometimes just getting out and having a good day out is better than doing something really really hard and really really scary because although that's definitely got a place and I really enjoy pushing the sort of uh yeah pushing myself in terms of my headspace to climb as hard as I possibly can knowing that yeah the risk of a fall would be uh quite high and the the consequences fairly severe but you know I sort of like to put that to one side a lot of the time and, and just climb really easy stuff where you can get out with a mate in nice weather and enjoy an adventure really that's uh that's why it was one of my biggest achievements it was the, one of the first big mountainous routes i did and it just felt really cool i'd say like I, uh that route is one of the few like giant multi, giant but like multi-pitch routes that i've done as done as well actually um and right. i think it was like one of the, the first times that me and a friend of mine went out as as equals and did it rather than like a friend who's training to do like the, the mi MIA at the time um uh was taking taking me and another friend out so it was the first time me and him went out as equals I'm like uh, we don't have anyone to help us like this is this is all on us like we've got to actually do everything as we needed and yeah what, a, what an amazing route like I remember that just being like such a such an adventure uh that yeah. day and especially yeah. night's move as well oh yeah now that is a, a lovely picture of it in fact, the belay, when the, the first time I climbed that route, um, reached the belay just after that that pitch, and it felt so tiny. And I've done yes. the climb a couple of times since, 
And I always seem to remember that I was looking down through my legs straight towards the floor uh, and having been up there quite a number of times since that point. Um, it's not it's not that small a belay. I've definitely been on on tinier little ledges. But the first descent, of, uh, well, sorry, not first descent, that's an incorrect term, but the first time <laughs> I went up there, that was yeah. um, that was a, a really scary little ledge to be sat on. But now just feels like nothing. But really cool. Definitely worth the. Uh, worth having a look at if you haven't climbed it yet yeah like, I, I know exactly what you mean about that uh, yeah that stance so I remember going up there and going how how is this gonna work <laughs> like yeah now now obviously it's clear it's possible but yes yeah, experience isn't it and, and getting yeah. used to things so, yeah awesome um I've scrubbed down like a few like uh questions a bit but um I know so one of the things that I've always like I'm sure I don't know if you get get asked this. Um, let's see, a lot of your work is as a as a climate instructor. What? How do you explain something? How how do you explain to someone why climbing is so good or great? Like, how do you try and get around that? Do you, do you ever find yourself in that situation? Um, sometimes I I do have to try and persuade people that climbing really is good fun. Because um, a lot of people approach climbing with a lot of of fear of of being high up and things uh and not understanding the sort of enjoyment that can come from battling up a, a rock face or a climbing wall so i think the easiest way that i've found to encourage people that actually yeah this is all right and it is good fun and it's worth taking up is just to get them involved in a little bit of climbing normally outdoors is a, a great way of doing it because it feels a little bit more adventurous and we can go and just tackle something super super easy um that's you know really nice broken terrain that's not too hard to move over um but it just gets people like oh yeah actually i'm really high up now and you know i'm not that scared i'm having a nice time and you know i feel quite safe and that is sort of the way that i've gone about encouraging people that into the idea that climbing oh might be something worth looking at and considering but in terms of like doing it in a, in a dialogue sense is is really tricky because you say oh yeah it's really good fun to be you know really high off the floor and okay no, i don't think so i don't believe you so <laughs> it can be a tricky conversation to have sometimes oh yeah definitely um i know i've always found it funny like the the rivalry between the uh, like water sports uh, as well and, and climbing like is that as that's you know, the way you're smiling i'm guessing like uh <laughs> that's something you've encountered yeah well you, you definitely just seem to get people who are like super into their war sports and people who are super into their climbing and uh, yeah the worlds definitely do mix sometimes particularly when we've got instructors who who work in both areas um i know you're very into your water sports and but you also do some climbing so i mean you're a great example of someone who, who likes both but yeah i very much you know keep to keep to the rock and to the land i think um it's just not not really my baggage a little bit of personal kayaking and canoeing but nothing mental um so yeah it's definitely a, a a separation there between the two for a lot of the time yeah yeah i don't know to be honest i wasn't always like doing paddling like it's only in the last few years that i've kind of gotten into it a lot more um otherwise like when i first started i kind of i was introduced climbing was like my my, my gateway that sounds so bad like but like my intro my, <laughs> my like the way that i got into the out, outdoor outdoorsy world um yeah. and then 
like found myself pursuing like I don't know CWA or Climbing Wall Award, mm. uh, climbing instructor, um, followed by the SPA, which is now the RCI, <laughs> climbing instructor, um, and so I like, pursued all the the land based stuff. And yeah, just didn't like I just got I bought into this whole idea that it? it's all about land based activities all the time. I got drawn into that far too much. Um, and yeah, like that, like that's probably something if I was to revisit my own career, I'd try to address that so much earlier. Um, yeah. yeah, just for myself, because like, I think there's probably a lot of stuff that I've missed out on as, as a result, probably because I've just been oh, stuck. I wanted like an unnecessary rivalry <laughs> for the sake of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, um, I figured like, uh, Having watched like a few of the podcasts and, and bits like that, it's quite it's been quite cool to do like a, a quick fire question round. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. Like if it's if it's quick fire, then great. Like, but like if it leads into like just going off on a like a tangent, then that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. So just don't talk about knots, otherwise we'll be here for for days before we finish. <laughs> so cross out. What's your favourite knot? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, here we go. Quick fire-ish question round. Um, so, well, I think you've already answered this. This is the one that I actually wrote down. Is land or water? Oh, land. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Like, so, favourite outdoor space to be? Ooh. Um, it's going to be torn between mountains and right out in the middle of some really secluded woodland. Um, it kind of depends on my mood, I think. Okay, yeah. cool. Any any particular stand out for you? Like, or so, any mountain ranges or like um, or woodlands? Yeah. I I definitely be making my way up to Snowdonia. I think that is just you know if I could move there, I absolutely would. It's a beautiful beautiful part of the world. Uh, and yeah, I just really like the people there as well as the uh, the landscape and opportunities to get involved in all sorts of activities. There's uh, you know caving and obviously all the mountains to go and play in, as well as yeah, plenty of lakes where I can dip my toe into the world of uh, water sports. <laughs> just dip your toe in. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, I can't fully commit and uh, go head first into it, but you know I might might paddle around a little bit every now and again. <laughs> yeah yeah no, no that's cool that's cool yeah no i love i love snow is awesome i think that's probably places that i've probably wrapped up most of my mountain days and, and bits like that as well so lots of super happy memories there um okay then so if you want to try and finish the sentence then so a good instructor always has and you fill in the blank <laughs> a watch watch yeah I, I think i was asked what's the most important bit of kit that an instructor can have it's definitely a watch because uh timekeeping is key not just for yourself but you know looking after your groups and making sure you're in the right place at the right time so a good instructor always has a watch definitely is the answer there okay I, I, i'm definitely with you on that so so oh, i'll about the watch um so i found that for me, like, I'm just all about the, the cheapest Casio watch that I can get. Oh, yeah, 100%. You're on the Casio as well? Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, you can't go wrong for £9, you know. I'm 
if I break it and damage it and it gets dropped off a cliff, then I'll just go find another one and it won't cost any, any money really at all. Have you ever actually managed to break one? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've Have had uh, hefty rocks land on my arms before. And uh, yeah, luckily the watch broke and nothing else. So that's been exciting. <laughs> like, definitely. Um, it's always like the, the strap that goes for me. Like the, the watch itself is amazing. Like I know on it says, sorry, this is not a promotion for Casio watches, by the way. <laughs> but like, um, like it says on there, it's like water resistant or something. But like I've definitely gone diving with it before. Like forgotten to take it off. <laughs> it's still fine. I've no idea how it does it. But like yeah, uh, for other instructions, yeah. definitely having like something with like a stopwatch on it is amazing. That and yeah. maybe like a little light on it so you can see it in the in the dark as well. It's perfect, honestly. So yeah. Doesn't have to be a Casio watch. But other brands are available. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so going off from that, so favorite piece of gear or equipment that isn't your watch oh um i did a whole video on this i couldn't pick one so i had to do nine um it's, All right, well, i'll make i'll make sure there's a link to that as well then i'll make sure there's a link to the video <laughs> i've still got a moment to think what was what's your favorite piece of uh, favorite piece of gear oh i clicked on me um so I know it's like so probably the piece of gear that I'm always carrying is probably like a waterproof coat. So I think for me it's like a montane jacket, it's probably one of the a jacket we've had for absolutely ages. Um mm. and just took a absolute beating because I used to wear it at work all the time. Um and it just got used and abused. Um yeah, so big fan of that, especially like obviously here in the UK. Like I just also use it like whether it is even if it just wasn't raining i have it with me uh, just as a as a windshield or just as an extra layer to keep me warm because it just packed down so so small so i think that was probably like a, a big thing for me is probably one of my favorite bits of gear because i just got to use it and abuse it really it just yeah with it all so yeah that's probably probably where i'm at yeah. I was just looking around desperately a moment ago trying to think what is the favorite bit of kit and I'm going to have to say it probably is just climbing rope because I use it in so many parts of uh, my work that it, it probably has to be top of my list I think so yeah, yeah use it in the rope works so good so good um here we go so last one then if i wasn't an instructor i would be i would be either a tree surgeon or probably working in agriculture somewhere um yeah i for a long time i thought i was going to join the army but um that that wasn't to be um i just decided i didn't want to get shot at whilst going on all my adventures i'd rather do them in my own uh, life as what has turned out to be an instructor but yeah probably would have got drawn into some other sort of um, outdoorsy lifestyle. So definitely, yeah, arbitrary or uh, agriculture, one of the two. Nice, nice one. Cool, well, that's the that's the end of the quick fire question round. So hopefully, well, hopefully there wasn't any pressure there. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that's the end of that. So cyber relief, maybe. Um, but yeah, I guess like, uh, I realized that I hadn't prepped you for this actually. Uh, beforehand this this wasn't like a a, a thing but it's like i know 
is there anything else that you'd like to, to add or ask to, to the audience or to me or to anyone that's that's actually managed to, to watch the rest of the whole of this video up until this point, which would be incredible. So thanks to those of you that have. <laughs> um, but yeah, have you got any, any thoughts or, or words of wisdom that you'd like to, to share or, or ask everyone before we, uh, we disappear? Well, I think I'd just like to firstly echo what you've said there. Well done to anyone who's, uh, who's made it all the way through. But yeah, I think, I don't know about words of wisdom, but I, for a long time, being an outdoor instructor was something I, I wanted to do. And it never was an easy road, certainly, you know, going to college and finding that that wasn't going to happen and the course getting dropped and then applying to lots of places and not getting taken. And then finally getting a, a break and going and doing a trainee year. Working in the outdoor industry is an amazing, amazing um, lifestyle to have. And if you're thinking about it, then 100% go for it because you will not regret it. You'll certainly not make much money. Uh, I think that's very uh, true, but you will have the most fun time ever. And going to work will just feel you know, brilliant. You will love your job and love your everyday work. Yeah, completely, completely agree with everything that you just said there. Yeah, like, um, yeah, it's, I think what you said about it being a lifestyle as well, I think that that can be very true as well, I think. But I think that's the nature of people that are, are passionate about any sort of work. I think that's, it becomes a, a lifestyle anyway, but I think that's that's very true of, of this industry because you meet very passionate people that, that do this sort of work. So yeah, uh, yeah, nice one, Joel. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for, for your time and like <laughs> for, for trying this out. I hope, again, like I really hope that this works. <laughs> but if not, it's been feel honoured to have been asked to, to do it with you. It's great. Um, so yeah, uh, like we said at the very beginning of the video, um, I'll make sure there's links to, to everything that we spoke about and make sure place where you can find uh, Joel's YouTube videos They're on social media, so Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and your website. Um, and yeah, and as always, it would be in the world of a difference to, to me and I'm sure to Joel as well, if you want to, to like, share and subscribe, uh, it makes a massive difference. It helps out the YouTube algorithm, everything like that, and I really support us uh, as well. But yeah, on that, thank you so much for watching and until next time, take care. So there you have it. That was the first remote interview that I've done. Obviously, it's a bit of an experiment for me. Uh, so if you've got any ideas or feedback or even questions that you'd like me to ask future people, then make sure to leave a comment down below. But other than that, thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Until next time, take care.